Hey listener, this podcast is called Trigger Warning Romance for a reason. It is intended for an 18 plus audience due to the adult context and triggers that may be discussed in each episode. Please check the show notes for a full list of triggers and proceed with caution. You have been properly warned. It's time to count off the triggers. Hello, and welcome to Trigger Warning Romance, everybody. I'm Nat. I'm Tori. And today we are diving into book two of the cat and mouse duet, Hunting Adeline by H.D. Carlton. And what a trip it was. This thing was dark. I told you it was darker than the first one. You weren't sure you believed me, but I was right, wasn't I? You were so right. The first half was brutal. Yeah. I was... Okay. I try to read these books, like, within 24 hours before we record. So this is a little bit of a longer book for the kind that we're reading. And I stayed up until 2.30 last night to read, you know? And I just finished it before recording. I tell you, I was sobbing at 2 30 in the morning sobbing like like torment letter level sobbing for those of you who know torment (laughs) by um dylan page dylan page thank you (laughs) um like holy crap this thing was dark well on that note i have a confession okay i only reread bits and pieces okay i read the whole thing several months ago and we know my memory is a little faulty but because of where i am emotionally i just couldn't i don't blame um, you because of how very deep down the rabbit hole this goes I just wasn't capable of it and maintaining my sanity. So guys, you'll have to excuse me if I'm if I'm a little dumb on this one. It's fine. I mean, it is spoil- a great book. It is fantastic. Yes. Just be prepared when you go into it. The content warnings are justified. <laughs> are justified. Yeah. Um and I know you you totally warned me, right? And I read dark stuff all the time. But for some reason, I just wasn't expecting this, even though I was um, warned by you that this was dark and darker than the last one, which that's a whole other because the last one had a whole bunch of dark stuff like non-con. There was child mutilation and child murder, sex trafficking and child trafficking and all sorts of crazy dark stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. But this one. I wasn't expecting her to have been kidnapped and kept for as long as she was been kept. Exactly. Like, I, for some reason, was like, "Oh, okay." Like they're gonna be, ki- she's gonna be kidnapped, and then Zayd's gonna get her like right before she gets raped. So 
at that very first time that she got raped for standing up for that poor girl that had a mole on her face. Uh huh. I was not expecting it. I was like, oh, oh no. Oh, okay. This is horrible. And then just get worse and worse and worse and worse. Exactly. It doesn't just happen the one time. I mean, it just is a continual roll downhill. Yeah. I mean, it it was, oh God, it was something. It was something. Um, Again, I loved it. It was a great book. I have to say, I admire the fuck out of H.G. Carlton for writing this book. Yeah, she went there. She totally went there. And most authors don't have the stones to do it. Mm-hmm. And she did. As Faded Mates says, she took the finger. She took the finger. She took the finger and she ran with it. The, fi- the finger was gone. No reattaching of the finger. No. Uh, those of you who missed that reference, you're going to have to go back a couple of episodes and figure that out. Um, <laughs> I'm not I'm not explaining it to you but I mean yeah she really went with it like she and I I too I really admire it because not only did she go for it but she did it really well like that she executed it beautifully yes and she made me cry <laughs> yes oh god yeah um I I can't wait for I'm assuming Rio is going to get a book because of that little tidbit we got at the very end. I hope so. I hope so, too. HD, I know we're not like BFFs. I keep trying to be friends with you on TikTok, and you just keep ignoring me. Not for, I'm sure you don't mean to, but you, you've got lots of, you've got lots going on. You probably don't see me. But um, you're going to have to let me know if we get a Rio book, because I always had a weird, good feeling about Rio. I did you know too. how like yeah we have that like premonition kind of like mm-hmm. as romance readers we're like oh this is a bad guy oh but this could be a possible hero <laughs> and he's perfect for us right because he is morally gray mm-hmm. badass traumatized and hot <laughs> he clicks all our buttons yeah <laughs> but first before we go there I want to say a couple of things about the very beginning okay um what are your thoughts on Claire? I didn't really understand her. Like I knew that she was supposed to be the villain, but I couldn't understand why they couldn't just kill her. <laughs> like why was it such a big deal to kill her? I don't know. Yeah. I they had no problem killing her husband. I don't know. I um I thought that making Claire the bad guy was an interesting choice. Yeah. Kind of like with Francesca. There is yeah. something inherently wrong with the idea of women participating in sex trafficking. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It it hits kind of like a betrayal. Yeah. I did not see Claire coming, you know, in the beginning, like where, um, where we find out who was holding the gun and yeah. who was involved. I didn't see that coming at all. Oh no. Um, I thought it was good for some reason. I thought it was going to be like 
somebody that was working for Z. Like, so did I. I like not. Yeah, for some reason, but you know, um, but that's HD for you. She's like, nope, it's gonna be Claire, the beaten wife <laughs> that we met once. Yeah, and she painted us a beautiful picture of her being the abused lady, and and then she did clarify that she was. Yeah, she he her husband actually did abuse her, and I guess you know when some people get abused, they they come out on the other side of it as a almost like more empathetic person. Mm-hmm. and a better person and other people just want to hurt other people yeah like that saying hurt people hurt people this is like the ultimate of hurt people hurt people but yeah i couldn't the one thing i couldn't understand um was why it was such a big deal to like why they couldn't just kill her like why she was so powerful i don't know i i don't have an answer for that one yeah it's fine we don't need a we don't need answers for everything. <laughs> oh no. Um, but she did say one thing that that tickled me. She says that's the best thing about the male species. You all are so far up your own asses. You never thought it could be a woman in charge. Never suspected the meek abused wife because you all assumed I was weak. Mm. I huff out a dry laugh. Wrong. I didn't suspect the abused wife. Only because I couldn't imagine one victim actively victimizing other innocent women and children. She smiles wickedly and bends at the waist, leveling her green eyes with mine. And I can't imagine a man that puts his life on the line to save these victims, forcing an innocent woman into a relationship. Yeah, she gave it back to him. A hundred percent. I was like, oh, called out. Yeah. Yeah, he calls himself out a bunch of times about that. Um, Addie calls him out a bunch of times about that. But, I mean, I still love him. Oh, absolutely. Zade, if you're out there, um, send me a message. I'll get you my address for you to stalk me. (laughs) It will be okay. I may not have a forest, (laughs) but I definitely have some trees in my backyard. (laughs) Email us at triggerwarningromance at gmail.com. We'll give you a Google Maps <laughs> directions through our house. <laughs> oh, but yeah, I mean, also, can I just say that this book was almost a slow burn in a weird way? They didn't ha- they didn't kiss until 60% in. Yep. And they didn't have sex until 70 percent in because we know that i keep track of these things i understood why please i totally understand it and and it didn't take anything away from the book i thoroughly enjoyed it but i know that uh you will all call me out if i don't call out the slow burn of this book well i appreciated the fact that okay appreciated may not be the right word but it's the word i'm going to use I appreciated the fact that we saw Abby's Addie's trauma. Yeah. That she didn't go from being rescued to being happy ever after right away. Yeah. I liked that. It wasn't that like whole magic peen situation, right? Like a lot of times we see it in books where the, the heroines 
going through something and like the, the hero shows up with his magic dick and he dicks her down real good and all is fixed and she can't have anybody touching her but he's fine because his dick is special right yeah. she really she really struggled um and i loved seeing her take her power back yes oh my god that was one of my favorite sex scenes was where she was like telling him what to do mm-hmm. and he was just doing it although <laughs> I, I highlighted it and it's, she said something like you can have one lick and i was like who's and then she did come and i was like who's coming from one lick i'm sorry i guess it depends on how worked up you are i don't know i i've never tried that ask that wouldn't I, i've never tried it either but i don't think that would work for me <laughs> a little bit more than just one <laughs> this is i i'm not even the one who's drinking why am i giving you so much tmi <laughs> It is um, secondhand drunkenness. Guys, I've had three shots of whiskey and I'm on my third glass of wine. So I don't know what's coming. I can tell you this much. I've just, I'm sleep deprived. The baby is sick again. So she's not sleeping very well. She's fine. She's just got a stuffy nose and she doesn't sleep well. She's just got a stuffy nose. So I'm up all night all night with a baby and then I'm working full time and then I had to finish this book. So I'm just tired. Um, so this is why I'm I'm like this. After we finish recording this, I'm crashing. <laughs> so <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. It's just I have a hard time saying a whole lot about this book. Because even though you expect triggers and you expect spoilers when you Mm -hmm. come into one of our episodes, I almost feel like you need to read this book cold. (sighs) Yes and no. I guess it depends on how triggering your triggers are. Right. Because yeah. even I, who I don't really have triggers. We've we've discussed this. You and I really don't have triggers. Right. Um the only thing that ever kind of squicked me out was blood play. And there was blood play in this. Mm-hmm. And that squicked me out again. But it but like it didn't trigger me, you know, like I didn't have I just wasn't really you know, and I don't think you were meant to like it, you know. <laughs> he was doing yeah. some horrible things to her uh what was his name oh my god xavier yeah xavier um he's a fuck dude i loved the the whole when they when they reversed the cullen on him the culling what was it the what what is the term when they Um, chased them through the forest oh um something with a c the culling the culling culling yeah the culling um Speaking of which, the culling sounds hot, minus the the arrows, and the rape. Like if it was, <laughs> if it was like actually, I read another book. I have to find it and we'll link it in triggers, non triggers. Jesus, <laughs> link it in the show notes. I read another book that was like it was an alien romance. So like the aliens came and it was like they stole some ladies and they brought them up, and then. It was a similar thing where, like, they had to run, 
and if the aliens caught you, you would be their mate. But obviously, they were much nicer to you and like made sure you came a bunch of times. Yeah. Um, as opposed to them catching you and killing you. Yeah, raping you and killing you. I mean, I can see the downsides. Th- this book brought out a lot of other things that I've like. It just brought out things I've read in the past. And not necessarily good thing, not not like bad things, but not like great things. So after the Cullen, Culling, whatever it's called, where they had to stone to death the poor two girls. Oh my God. <sighs> Jesus Christ. I lost it at that point. Oh my God. And I have never, I cannot think of another time when I was so empathetic towards yeah. the character yeah. out of all the shit that Addie went through that is the one that truly broke my heart yeah so that reminded me of forgive me if I'm wrong but it was I remember it was like a short story I had to read and freaking middle school I remember it being middle school because the story traumatized me the village I, was it the village where the people stoned with the lottery? Uh huh. I think that... it's called the vid. It's either the village or the lottery. It's something yeah, like that. I want to say yeah. it's yeah. It's the lottery. It's the lottery by Shirley Jackson, and uh, it was first published in June twenty sixth, nineteen forty eight, and it is a story describing a fictional small town in which there's like an annual tradition known as the lottery uh, in which I, I wonder if HD got it from that, you know, I wonder if she like drew inspiration from that. So um, in this village, there's this annual tradition and the community is selected um, through a lottery, one family. And from that one family, one person to get stoned to death. <laughs> For, like, prosperity or whatever. Mm-hmm. I will never forget that story. No, it sticks. It's stuck in my head, too. You saw yeah. how fast I responded to that Yes, one. yes. But, yeah, that's what it reminded me of. <laughs> that's why I said not necessarily good, like, not bad, but, like, the story was traumatizing to a middle school child. I can't remember her name. Who was the girl that had spent so long at Francesca's and she didn't want to leave? Um, Sybil? No. It was something with an S. No? Hang on. Uh, because Sibby was her sister. Sibby was the sister, yeah. Phoebe was the girl that died. That um, There's too many names in this book. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Sydney. Sydney. <laughs> I knew it was an S. Even though Sydney was painted as a bad guy, I felt bad for her because she was only. Well, yeah, she came from that crazy cult. She came from the crazy cult, and then she was put into a sex trafficking ring, and the poor girl just didn't have a chance. Yeah. Yeah. That didn't mean I didn't want to kill her. Oh, she deserved to die. She deserved to die. She yeah. deserved every moment of that. 
and she was bananas. She was banana pants crazy. She was just as bananas as Sybil. So I feel like um, Sydney was chaotic evil and Sybil is chaotic good. I like that. Yeah. Both chaotic because they came from that crazy cult. Yeah. But I just... She was wackadoodle. Yeah. And she wanted to stay in that crazy house where they got abused and raped. She was there for five years. I know. Jesus Christ. I'm surprised that Francesca hadn't killed her by now. Yeah, I don't know why she didn't. Because most people wouldn't last five years without being bought. No. But I guess nobody wanted the crazy girl. I don't blame them. Yeah. That's the kind of girl that'll stab you in your sleep. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um, I also was a little surprised that the house was so run down. Like, considering they even said when the culling happened, like these men showed up in these fancy tuxedos and they looked kind of weird and out of place in this shithole. Even though they cleaned the shithole, it was still a shithole. I think that that was because of the location and they didn't want to draw attention to themselves. Makes sense, I guess. I mean, that's the best that I got. Yeah, no, it, it makes, and again, it makes sense. I guess in the end, these people are evil. And even though they're wealthy and they're, I guess, materialistic, in the end, they don't care where they rape it. They rape and murder and torture people as long as they get to do it, right? So, right. um, oh God, but yeah, that I can't that that she um she was there for a few months, right? Like, I want to say three or four. Yeah, I want to say three or four months. Um, which Jesus, that's a long time too, but um. I'm also surprised that the whole virginity thing wasn't ever, like, um, a factor in in this sex trafficking ring, right? And a lot of, even in a lot of romance novels, like, whenever there's, like, a virgin, they're, like... Higher price. Yeah, higher price. Even, oh, God, I read another, it was another alien book, I don't remember which one, but... <laughs> It was like an auction where like aliens could buy because of course it was like an alien race and they don't have females or they don't have enough. So they, they, they buy them from earth and the versions always go for more. So I was just, I get, it's not like a negative repository. I just, something I took note of because virginities and especially since they call her the diamond, right? You would think that the diamond would be like pristine I was also surprised that they let other men rape her. Like, no problem. Because you would think that the buyer would be the only one who would have that privilege. I don't think that the buyer was established until well into her time there. So... I I think that Claire always knew that he was going to be the buyer. Even... And let's just say, even if they didn't have a buyer, you would, I mean, in, <laughs> this is going to sound weird. <laughs> I'm not even going to say it. But, like, 
if someone was running um a place, right? You would say this person is the diamond, right? It's just like no one touches the diamond until we know where she's going to who she's going because what if that person doesn't want other people sampling their goods i under I, again like i'm not saying this is a wrong or there's no like this is a horrible like either way is horrible but um it's just different it is different and I, again i just wasn't expecting so much rape now, I'm going to ask you a question, and I'm curious to hear what your thoughts are. When we talk about this book, we talk about rape. Yeah. When we talk about the first book, we talk about non-con. Yes. Why is there a difference? Because even though both are technically rape, the first was a, she still wanted him. Like, you know what I mean? Like he made her come. Mm-hmm. He and she hated herself for it. But when their hero is doing it, this is again, this is horrible. When the hero is doing it, it is okay because it's not as violent, even though sometimes he got a little violent, but like she liked it, right? Right. That was the main problem is she was always attracted to him even though she didn't want to be and she liked it and she always came. And even though she did come with Xavier, which I also took note of, I was like, Ooh, this is, this is interesting because Mm -hmm. she did come. She, we clearly in her mind, whenever he touched her, she said something like, it felt like being touched by the, like the, by death. She felt icky. She did not like it. And, any way like it was she hated it so i think that's why and this is actually something that i talked to about with corbin on our episode that you guys will be hearing later because we read row and is in row there's very similar not this kind of thing but there's non-con and then in my opinion there's rape right so he was like why again he was like what's the difference right non-con is in books in most books i think is more like like when we read zoe blake when we read anna zares it's it's c and c in a book because the first c is is almost silence you can close the book that's your that's your consent, right? Mm-hmm. As the reader, if you don't like it, you close the book. So, again, like that, it's more almost playful, right? And like the characters are not evil. I don't know. That's it. That's what I, what do you think? Cause you, do you agree, right? Like the first book was more, more non con, and this book was definitely more rape. I do, and it it confused me mm-hmm. in my head because the same thing was happening, but it had two completely different meanings. And it made you feel completely different. And it made me feel completely different. Yeah. And I just don't know how to express that 
so that people get it. Well, again, I feel the 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 the, the non-con and the rape. There's suffering with the rape. Right? Yeah. She, as much as she said no in the first book, as much as she resisted in the first book, she never suffered. True. Well, in this book, there was true suffering. I can I can use that. I can see that. Yeah. Um, and again, like we said in this book when Xavier was or Xavier, I don't know. I'm not sure how you say it. I think it's yeah, Xavier. Not, yeah, I'm not sure either, but whatever. When that dude was cutting her up and, and raping her, mm-hmm. we were in her brain. Like we felt her emotions and she was neg like it was a negative emotion it was she was never like oh but like i shouldn't like this right right with whenever she was with zade in the beginning in the very first beginning where it was true non-con where she said no like leave me alone i don't want this she was saying that but in her brain she was like oh but this is so hot yeah (laughs) right so that's where the difference is in my opinion now that. I'm not condoning either. In real life, we're not condoning either. But in our fictional minds, I'm all for the first one. <laughs> Book brains appreciate non-con. Yes. Book brains do not appreciate rape. No. Again, I feel like it's the difference of suffering, like true suffering, and on some level liking it or not liking it. I like that. I like I appreciate being able to put words to my thoughts. And sometimes you have a better chance of doing that than I do. Yeah. We all, sometimes you say, you know, it's, that's the whole beauty and like, honestly, fun part of this podcast, right? We get to talk our our feelings through and we get to kind of like, just like put our, our thoughts out there. And some of you might agree and some of you might disagree, which is fine. Like, these are all opinions. Um, but yeah, it's nice to hear other people understanding. Yes. I think that's the beauty of this whole podcast, of this whole dark romance podcast. Why we have the great Trigger Tribe audience, right? Like, the family that we have uh-huh. is because finally there's a podcast that puts your feelings like out there and you feel seen yeah right like you feel like you're not alone because when you read these dark especially things like this like this really dark stuff you feel like what is wrong like wrong with me I shouldn't be liking this right exactly so it's nice to know that you're definitely not alone there are how many are there in the there are almost 500 people in our Facebook group there's almost 500 of us. And I can tell you this much. TikTok, we are almost at 16,000 followers. So there's a lot of us, guys. So don't feel alone. You are seen. There's nothing wrong with you. And you are heard. We yes. understand. We get it. Although I think the TikTok people are really just there for my husband. <laughs> <laughs> or because you're cute. Um. Yeah, either or. But that man is... 
I I should never have started. This is a, of course we're gonna go on a tangent. I, we should never. I should never have started that TikTok series with my husband bothering my husband about dark romance stuff, because that man is now gloating and so full of himself because all these ladies on a TikTok think he's funny. They think he sounds really hot. They think he's an alpha hole, which I told you last episode. He thinks that's his whole new personality. He loves it. He's embraced <laughs> it. Um, and everybody's clamoring to see him. They're all asking for a husband reveal. And I'm never putting his, I'm never showing him. I'm not because you know why? Because he's hot. So if on top of all of this, I show him and he's hot, all these ladies are going to blow his ego up to the size of the sun and I will be screwed. I don't blame you. Mr. Klein, our golden retriever, will not be seen either. Mm-hmm. For the same reason. He does not need the ego boost. He does not need it. No. My husband's confidence level was already at 100. Now yeah. it's at like... 3,000 and he's insufferable and I have to live with him. Well, he will butter your bread. He will butter my bread. He <laughs> better. <laughs> better butter it good. <sighs> oh, God. But, yeah, now he's like, I'm the TikTok star. They're here for me. So, anyway, guys. Um, you are, anyway, thank, again, thank you for joining us on this dark romance journey we are it like i said i started this whole thing because i wanted to talk about these books with someone and i found tori and a kindred spirit and now we get to talk to you about these crazy books and put our emotions out there and then have you guys agree or disagree which is amazing and you know i think it's absolutely great when y'all disagree with us mm -hmm. There is nothing wrong with you going, eh, I don't think that's right. Yeah. I, because you guys give us different ways to view things. I mean, everybody reads these books through their own lens. Yes. And I like being able to see through other people's lenses. Mm-hmm. So that's one of my enjoyments of the podcast is that I get that opportunity. Yeah. And we get to work things out, right? Like, we get to talk and talk and talk until we finally get a point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And um, like I said, this book was really well done. And again, us, like you said, reading everything through a different lens. Like, I read it one way, you read it a different way. And then somebody who um, is a survivor probably read it a completely different way. Yeah. And there's no wrong way or right way to you know, to read it as long as it brings you some sort of enjoyment, right? As long as you're getting something out of it, mm -hmm. go for it. Um, and again, you don't need to be a survivor to enjoy non-con. We've, we've covered this before. There's nothing wrong with reading non-con. Nothing. Just for the sake of reading non-con. Yeah. Reading it because you enjoy it is just a valid reason to read it. Yes, and again, it is a very safe way to explore consensual non-consent, right? Because some people may want to try that out, but either they're 
too scared to bring it up to their partner or they're not sure or they're too scared to even like really actually go for it even if the partner wants to like i said with books you can always close the book and it goes for anything like anything you're reading if you don't like it you can always close the book and go and walk away and pick up something else so it's a safe way to explore your i don't even want to say kinks but like things you enjoy I put this book down a lot when I read it. Um, and even when I was rereading the bits that I reread, they were interspersed with a comedy mm. because I'm a mood reader. I very much read what I want to read when I want to read it. It's hard for me to read something if I'm not in the mood for that genre or that style or that trope. I have a hard time with it. Mm -hmm. I have been having a hard time with dark romance for a couple of months now. Um, You and I have talked about it. And me and my therapist have talked about it. Shout out to my therapist. She's a wonderful lady. Woo! Shout out. Shout out. Woohoo! She keeps me mostly sane. Mm -hmm. But this book was hard yeah um and it it was so well done but it was just so hard because you get used to pieces where there's a savior Mm -hmm. and really zade wasn't a savior in this book no she got herself out she saved herself yeah after all of these traumatic events happened to mm-hmm. her. And that's just not something that you come across very often in this genre. Yeah. And, but I had to, I had to intersperse it with something that was a little bit more lighthearted. Is the only way I was going to get through it. Well, I think this book was hard because it was so well done. I think so. Because if it wasn't well done and, and you were kind of reading it and almost scoffing, like, oh, this, how, no, like, this would never happen, or that's a funny bit. Like, you know, if it wasn't well written, I think it would be easier to read. Absolutely. <laughs> because you wouldn't be as engrossed. You know, when I told you, when I read, I self insert. Mm-hmm. So when I was reading this, it was almost, I'm not saying it like happening to me, but like, in my brain, it was almost like it was happening to me. So it was hard to get through. That, the heel, the the Francesca heel bit, where mm-hmm. she um, thought that um, all her shoes were ruined because uh, Sybil, uh, not Sybil, Sydney ruined all her shoes and blamed it on Addie. Uh-huh. And then that, that heel, a broken heel was like used to punish her yeah that was i was like holy shit but how great was it when then addy took out a broken heel at the end there oh like the dude the revenge was amazing in this book i was living for the revenge in these in this book and i knew i knew that it was going to be epic yeah because you could not have all of the tragedy without payback. Yeah. And the payback was every bit as strong as the tragedy was. 
Mm-hmm. And that was one of the things that kept me going when I read it the first time because I had to see what was going to happen to her. Yeah. I was like, oh, this is gonna, like, I was the same way. I was like, this is going to be so epic. It's like, this is going to be, I was almost like, this better be good because if it's not, I'm throwing this Kindle out the window. <laughs> <laughs> and it was, it was amazing. Um, each of the the people got what they deserved. And I was pleasantly happy um, with each outcome and like how they got it how they got it done i liked that addy had a hand in all of it i liked that zayd didn't just cocoon her in like some compound somewhere and go do the justice himself he trained her and he took her out there with him and she got the to be part of capturing these people and bringing them in like how how fun was it to watch her knock on the door of francesca and rocco with room service Oh, room service. Yeah, it was amazing. It was it was amazing to see the downfall of these people because they were such horrible, evil human, not even human, like evil things, and they deserved what they got. I wish they suffered more, but you know, I guess. Well, what did you make of Addie's escape? It was epic. It was great. I didn't expect it. I I did expect it as soon as I as she stumbled upon that like train when during the culling mm-hmm. I was like this is gonna be a this something's something's happening with this train later something's happening with this train it was like Chekhov's train <laughs> yeah no I agree with that but I didn't I expected that Zayd would eventually save her I did not expect that she would save herself I. I also thought he was going to come in gungs blazing and take her, like I said, before anything even happened to her. Like, I thought as soon as that, was it Rocco was the first one to rape her? I think so. Um, as soon as Rocco, like, sat on her, I was like, oh, here, here he comes. And then it didn't happen. And I was like, oh, no, I was shell-shocked. Um. Just for y'all listening. There wasn't lube in this book either. There was lube at the very end. Was there? There was lube in this book. Um, hang, oh, I got to look at the Kindle because apparently I took too many notes. Hang on. <laughs> <laughs> this always happens to me. Um, While you're looking that up, one of the things that I really liked about this book the first book, you had all of Gigi's letters. Mm-hmm. And in this book, we meet Molly. And we get Addie's letters. And then we get Addie's letters. And I loved those small glimpses into, into their reality. You know what I loved? That we found out that Molly did escape. Yes. I needed that justice for Molly. Yeah um and yes sorry i found the lube it is um location uh page 643 oh it really is the very end yes zaid she draws out alarm bells ringing in a tone of uh, uh, sorry hang on let me put my narrator voice on zaid she draws out 
alarm bells ringing in the, in the tone of her voice. Before tossing the bottle over my shoulder, I squirt a generous dollop of lube onto my fingers, then slide them down through the crevice of her ass. She inhales sharply as I coat her backside and, wh and whimpers as I plunge a finger inside, then another, stretching her and preparing her for what's to come. My note. Lube! Exclamation point. <laughs> so... No, while the horrible people did not use any lube, Zade certainly did. One more reason why he's the good guy. Yes, always use lube. <laughs> Frickin' Zoe Blake and her lack of soap. It's not like it's just Zoe. I mean, no, it's not. It's just there's that a whole bunch of authors out there that. No, it's it's not. It's I always just bring Zoe because it's the last one that we read that didn't didn't have except for I told you which book was it? Oh, um the the newest book she released, Cruel Games. There's lube in that one. And I almost reached out to, to Zoe and was like, Zoe, did you listen to the podcast? <laughs> I haven't read that one yet. I there's lube in it. Excellent. I bought it, but yeah. I'm saving it until is it Vicious Games? Yes, I think is the fifth one. Um, I'm waiting till Vicious Games comes out so that I can read them as a duet. I understand. I don't have that kind of patience. Um, I'm also on Zoe's arc team, luckily, so I. I, I pretty much muscled my way into the, the arc team. Like, let's not let's not be coy here. I pretty much was like, hey, um, I'm gonna be on the arc team now. Thank you. <laughs> well, I appreciate that you didn't, you know, muscle me in too. I will I will forgive you for that one day. I didn't well, first of all, you told me you didn't want to be on any more arc teams. So Yeah, I'm taking a break from arcs right now. Uh, so you shouldn't be mad at me because I took your words into consideration. <laughs> Ask me again in three months. Okay. Um, uh, sorry. Um, anyway, <laughs> back to this. Yes, there was lube in it. I made notes. <laughs> <laughs> I love that we're the lube police. I really do. For Christmas, we need shirts that say lube police. <laughs> And then on the back, we'll do trigger warning romance. Um, yeah, I also have for the Patreon, I told you we might be doing a book box of some sort. Mm -hmm. uh, nothing is um, official, so don't hold us to it, guys. But I have some ideas for candle names. Oh. Actually, Mr. Savage came up with them. So I'm not going to say them out loud because we are collaborating on book box, possibly with somebody else. Um, so I don't want to like out anything because I don't know if that person wants me to to announce anything. But if we do this book box, the candle names are epic. <laughs> well, I'm going to put out an incentive for the Patreon. Oh, yeah. We have gotten permission and agreement from Mr. Klein and Mr. Savage to do a duet, to do a. A double date. A double date episode. So you will get all four of us in one shot. 
Yeah, you get Mr. Big Head himself and Mr. Golden Retriever. Throw a ball. He'll be confused. <laughs> um, yes. We'll talk about the Patreon at the end. Um, and also, we already have a patron, so we got to do a shout out. Yes. So, um, which is funny because we haven't really announced it yet. And it barely launched. So I'm very excited to finally, like, I feel official. Can I just say that I feel official with a Patreon? I feel like uh, I'm actually doing a podcast. I can see that. Yeah. Anyway, back to this book. Oh, freaking sorry, HD Carlton. If you this, if you know the podcast, this is what happens. We go on tangents. Um, eventually, we come back to the book, though. <laughs> um. Yeah, I really enjoyed the the power that Addie got back. Right. Yeah. Because especially from like book one, she had no power. She was mouse, right? Mouse. And he was kitty cat. And he played with her and she had no power. Right. And then in this book, he gave her power back to her many times. And part of that was... um, when he trusted her to listen to him when they went and got these people, right? Like he, mm-hmm. she said, let me help you. I know things. And he said, well, you're going to have to actually listen to me and you can't put just, you, you can't just be so impulsive. And she said something like, Oh, I'm not, come on. I'm not, I'm not impulsive. Like, uh, and he said, I, I don't know if I could find Oh, here. He said, what, she said, what makes you, she, he said, don't do anything stupid when we're out there because I'm not losing you again. And she said, what makes you think I'll do anything stupid? His brow jumps to his forehead again. You're going to tell me that confronting your stalker in the middle of the night wasn't stupid. <laughs> I love these throwbacks to him jabbing her about a how how he literally was a stalker. Like he never hides away from how hor- like technically horrible he was. Yeah. He was obsessive and he was psychotic. Psychotic. And he owns it, but he was her obsessive psychotic, so it was okay. <laughs> Well, you know, in the first book, Addie had a lot of too stupid to live moments. Yes, she grew a lot in this book. And she grew a lot um, because I wouldn't say that was part of her personality in book two. No, in the very beginning, yes, right? When she first got kidnapped and that first time she got raped. Yeah. Was because she did not keep her mouth shut. And I understood, like, I 100% understood her. She couldn't just stand by and watch that poor girl get her face cut up. Yeah. However, she did come to the conclusion herself at the end that her little outburst did nothing. It got her raped and the girl still got her face cut up. Yeah. Like, nothing, nothing happened to benefit anybody right um i also can i just say that i was 
interested in the fact that she she contracted chlamydia, right? Mm-hmm. And again, it was a very realistic thing. Like this book was really realistic because most of the time in these books, they're like, "Oh, thank God, I didn't catch anything." <laughs> but in reality, like from the amount of horrible things that happened to her over there and the just the amount of partners that she had and i say partners very loosely because she wasn't a partner in anything yeah um of course there was a very good possibility that she caught something um even though it was funny that they uh, made them use condoms i'm guessing that was more because the buyers wouldn't be interested in pregnant ladies yeah, I think they all had birth control of some sort, but it was because I remember um, because one time somebody gave all the girls some sort of STI and that like ruined the whole crop. So from then on, they made any of the guys that wanted to participate in the lessons use condoms. Mm, okay. So that was the explanation. Like, HD really did think about everything. Like, everything was thought out. Every detail was put in there. I cannot tell you, listeners, I do not have the words to to accurately express how good this duet is. Yeah, it's so good. It's so well written, guys. It's so well written. It is one of the most well-written duologies that I remember reading. Mm -hmm. But you have to pay attention to the triggers because this is not for the faint of heart. This is not for someone who dabbles in dark romance. No. It was hard for us and that's all we do. (laughs) So keep that in mind. That I don't want to dissuade people from from reading it. That's not my intent. But you guys know your mental health. Like, I took my mental health into consideration when I chose not to reread it. I knew that it would put me at a disadvantage for tonight's recording. But my mental health is worth worth that. And so is yours. 100%. Yeah. And again, I read this whole book in the last 24 hours so it's all fresh for me so don't worry like i got you um did you like have any specific um because we talked a lot a lot about the dark stuff any specific sex scenes that you liked maybe we lighten this podcast up a bit talk about the fun (laughs) stuff um I can't say that I recall the individual sex scenes. Okay. Let me tell you about mine then. <laughs> Excellent. Go for it. <laughs> so my first one I really enjoyed was the first time since she came back mm-hmm. that um, she let him pleasure her. And it was with a knife, mm-hmm. right? She I think it was um it was big Zade said something like you need to take 
um, that thing that happened to you and take the power back from it. So obviously Xavier used the knife to torture her. Right. And she had severe PTSD from it, which completely understandable. So Zade took the knife and he took the the blade in his hand and he used the handle. It was like a throwback to the gun scene. Yeah. But with the knife. And he cut himself like he was bleeding, but he didn't care because she was getting off. Mm-hmm. And I really like appreciated that because it was almost like he bled to and sacrificed himself to get her over this knife fear. Yes. Um, and I, I he said that many times. It was some there was it was a throwback between both of them. Like, will you bleed for me? Because I will bleed for you. And at the end, Addie said the same thing to him. Like, I will always bleed for you. Um, and that was really hot. And then I really enjoyed at the very end where they have a fight um, because um, her parents get kidnapped and she blames this whole thing on him because he brought all these negative people into her life and she kind of breaks up with him and then realizes, oh shit, like I shouldn't have done that. Right. And then she goes chasing after him and she can't find him and then he, of course, comes out of the fucking forest and like chokes her against a tree and it's like real hot and i do remember that now yeah how could you forget that (laughs) you can't forget that that could make me an outdoors girl uh negative for me but um i like reading it see this is this is the parts of books i enjoy right it's it's fun to explore on the page because i know i'm never doing this in real life ever it is cold and wet and uncomfortable it was also a throwback to the first time they had sex in the first book in the rain in the forest right and then in the car but they didn't get to the car this time um (laughs) well okay let me explain me 15 years ago would have been an outdoors girl because of this book oh me now probably not <laughs> I, I i have done my adventuring i have done my explorations yes i am a much calmer person now <laughs> yeah i'm i'm with you i'm like i love reading these books because they're fun and exciting and i enjoy all the fun and unique experiences in them but Mama's old, okay? Well, I don't want to hear it. I just need to be... I'm I'm old. I'm broken. I've had two kids. Uh, I've said this before. Just let me lounge. Okay? There's a perfectly good bed. I have 10 years on you. Okay? You are not old. My body is old. So is mine. Okay? I... I just need a... I just need someplace soft. Someplace comfortable. I can't be out in the elements, okay, with the bugs and the wind and the rain. There is nothing sexy about mosquitoes. Uh uh. Nothing. Like, it's also never as fun, right? Because it's just, 
I don't know, like, there's a reason that sex happens on beds most of the time. I don't know. I've had some pretty good times outside. Oh, do tell. One of the guys that I dated had a privacy fence around part of his backyard. Not the whole thing. Part oh, of Lord. It. Okay. Um, and we used to get up to some shit in his backyard. Um, yeah, good times. Um, y'all don't want to know my kink. You, you don't want to hear that much about my kinks. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. Do you know our audience? <laughs> I Miss Ortiz is going to have questions. I guarantee you. Well, she can ask them and we'll save them for our next Q&A episode. <laughs> yeah. Um, I can tell you that Mr. Savage um, has been... okay. We told you about the stupid playground we built. <laughs> yeah. What I did not tell you is that it's a playground and like a treehouse situation. Okay. This treehouse is massive. And my first initial in that like was like, oh my God, like that sounds amazing. Like I just want to go lounge in there. Like it's big enough. You can bring pillows and wine and you can read a book. And Mrs. Savage is like, we need to go fuck in there. <laughs> and I'm like, first of all, Mr. Savage, we do not have a, we have a fence. It is not a privacy fence. Okay. We need a privacy fence. Second of all, we live in not a place like Addie where there's acres of land. Okay. I live in the suburbs. I got neighbors. And Mama is loud, so we cannot. I have a bit of an exhibitionist streak. Yeah, I I have to look these people in the face the next day. Well, yeah. Um, bark burns on your breasts are not fun. <laughs> I'll take your word for it. It doesn't sound fun. Although you like pain. I like pain. Um... That was a new one, though. Being tied to the tree face first. Ooh. Was, yeah. Um, it was a good time, but my poor breasts. My poor boobs were not happy. They are not small. No, they're not. I mean, they are. I remember saying at one point, my my best friend is very slender. I mean, she is like almost stick straight yeah she's got little boobs she's got little hips she's just very slender and i am all curves and she was complaining about it and i'm like well why do you need more than a handful she's like well why did you get three <laughs> <laughs> well oh. because the first place i gain is in my boobs and the last place that I lose weight is my boobs. It all just lands there. Same. Girl, same. Um, yeah. And uh, I have a, f a few handfuls myself. Although at this point, they're not very handy. They're very sad. They're. I've said this. I breastfed two children. It, 
They're not they're not what they used to be, okay? Yeah, mine aren't very perky. But I can live with that. Yeah, it's fine. I'm I'm not complaining and and neither is Mrs. Savage and all like that's all that matters, right? Um anyway, uh back to the book once again. <laughs> You said to lighten the podcast. I did the podcast. You certainly did. Um, (laughs) Lightened it with your sad boobs that were bark chafed. (laughs) Um, not something I'm I'm willing to experience myself. But we will live through you vicariously. But I like that. Okay, can I just say? Addie's mom had like such a great turnaround in this book. Mm-hmm. And she was such a bitch the first book. Yeah. I mean, and she was pretty much a bitch the second book too, but she, she Addie's mom reminds me a lot of my mom because my mom is very like prim and proper and super dramatic, so dramatic. I've told you guys the stories about the socks. I can't put on a pair of socks without thinking about you now. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, my mom is just like, she is like unreasonably dramatic. And I think my, both my kids got the drama gene from her because they're both just as dramatic. Um, My mom and I have a decent relationship, but it's definitely not as great as like a lot of other people's. And that's because we are very different. Yeah, it's it's because we're just really different. My mom, like I said, is very proper and prim and she's like the quintessential quintessential like Soviet Russian lady. Mm -hmm. Like she goes to the grocery store in like a Prada outfit and God forbid she have a hair out of place and I wear my husband's sweatshirts unless I'm going to work so like it's we're we're different like I am not very my mom is very vain in a way like she's very like into her appearance Mm -hmm. um she's really watches what she eats she's like she has to she's perfect she's like the perfect type a personality and i'm super laid back i embarrass my family when we go out together (laughs) um my stepmother is very much like your mom yeah um where everything has to be perfect and everything is based on appearance yes everything yes and so if you're out in public you have to act a certain way and you need to dress a certain way and you yeah. need to wear your makeup a certain way and make sure your hair is not in your face. And I am. You're lucky that I wear pants outside. Okay. <laughs> I yeah. mean, I, I have a strict no pants rule as a general. If I'm at home, there's no pants. Good rule. I like it. You know, um, help. When I go to my sister's house, I don't wear pants. Yeah traumatized the the guy that was renting the downstairs room (laughs) he was not expecting that um whereas your mom sounds it doesn't sound like your mom expects you to be her she stopped 
she used to expect me uh. to be her. Um, and then she quickly learned uh, that that wasn't going to happen. Um, she still sometimes does. I remember, I think I've told the story. I was pregnant with my second baby, like quite pregnant, like seven, eight months pregnant. And I was going to my very best friend's bachelorette party. We were going away to the Hamptons and it was a girl's trip, like just her and like a bunch of our friends. And we were driving up there and I was, I picked her, I was going to go pick her up. So I dropped off my daughter at her house and she looked at me and was like, that's what you're wearing to the Hamptons. <laughs> and I was like, I was wearing leggings and a t-shirt. I was eight, like seven, eight months pregnant. I had no makeup on and I was going out with my girls. Like it was like a, a road trip with my girls. Yeah, you like, got dress up for that. I'm like, what do you expect me to wear? She's like, what will the people think? I'm like, first of all, who am I trying to impress? I'm already, I've already impressed the person I needed to. I've impressed him so much that he has knocked me up. Twice. Twice. Yeah, exactly. So I do not need to impress anybody else. Um, I'm also eight months pregnant and I'm going out with the girls. So she expected me to wear like a sundress and makeup. And I'm like, she's like, but it's going, you're going to the Hamptons. And I'm like, with my girls who are going to be drinking cheap tequila, like it's fine. I'm just there <laughs> to make sure nobody dies because I'm going to be the only sober one. <laughs> I, uh, my family hasn't quite figured it out yet. Um, but I think that you can't teach an old dog new tricks. Yeah. She's just, my two brothers fell in line. So I'm just the odd man out, but I'm willing to accept that. That's fine. Again, I, I can dress up when I need to. Like I look really nice for work, but. Absolutely. I can, I can pretty it up. You can dress me up and take me out. Yeah. I just don't usually. Yeah. There's no need to. Again, you've impressed the person you need to impress. Who are you trying to impress? Exactly. I don't know. My mom's always trying to impress people. And it's just the up, like we've talked about this before. It's like the good Soviet upbringing. Like you always have to put on your makeup and be proper and all that crap. Well, maybe it's a generational thing too. Maybe. Because my stepmom isn't Soviet, but she, they interact, they believe a lot of the same things. We've already discussed this. Yeah, the Soviet and Christian, like Southern Christian upbringing, unreasonably similar in a weird freaking way. Yeah. Like so, so similar that it's scary because they're completely different when on paper. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, in fact, Soviets aren't allowed to have religion. You're supposed to be atheists. So like just that whole aspect is weird, but a lot of their values are very similar. That's why we get along so well. We're both traumatized. <laughs> I'll drink to that. Cheers. Um, but I really liked the turnaround because like at the end there, they had like a bonding, you know, and they had an understanding. And I need to know what the hell happened with <laughs> with with Sibby. And what was his name? Uh, something with a K. I don't remember. 
But I think that I read somewhere that Sibby was maybe getting her own book. Oh, she better be getting her own book. Her and Rio better get books. H.D. Carlton, you're on my radar. <laughs> I pest, I pestered um, L.V. Lane into writing more controllers series. Did I tell you this? I pestered her and she's writing more controller series. So H.D. Carlton, I will pester you until you give me these two books. <laughs> or four books, or however many books you want. But I need these stories, ma'am. Craven. Craven. <laughs> he was something with a K. Yeah, because he was her mom's caretaker and he showed up and Sibby freaked. Yeah. And peaced out. <laughs> they couldn't find her again. <laughs> like Zade couldn't even find her. Sibby was such an awesome character, though. I loved her and her henchmen. And they're. And they're threesomes. <laughs> yeah. I'm assuming her and Craven are getting a book. They have to. Right? Her and Craven have to get a book? I hope so. Anyway. Um, yes. Uh, this book was amazing on, on many levels. It was really realistic. And there was lube, which I appreciated. And... The sex that was there was hot. The sex was hot. Yeah. Well, the sex, not the rape. <laughs> well, I'm after the 70% mark, the sex was hot. Yes. Um, can I also talk about how I loved the whole um he was Zade was uh threatening to force pregnancy on her, and you know how I feel about that. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on, let me uh, find. Oh, you go ahead. I also really enjoyed when Zade and Z Addie had like almost revenge sex in front of Xavier. <laughs> and she was like coming and like screaming his name and like calling him God. And you could just feel Xavier's like discontent. And I loved, I loved it. It was epic. I'm telling like something like the revenge in this book was so good. Yeah. None of it was what you expected it to be. No, not at all. I mean, you kind of expected that Zayd would go in guns blaring and kill them all dead. And that's not how it worked. Not that they didn't end up dead. Yeah. It was just far more creative than that. Well, I feel like they both grew, right? Like, Addie grew, and she wasn't as too stupid to live in the second book. She was smart and calculated. And Zade, don't get me wrong, he was still jealous, possessive, and crazy. But he grew in the fact that he was also not as trigger happy, and he really thought things out. Mm -hmm. so whereas before he probably would have just went in there and shot up the whole place he meticulously made them pay right like he really thought about what would this specific person's worst nightmare be right like how am i going to get them back and he made them suffer that's what i mean like 
the revenge was amazing. It was phenomenal. Well done, HD. So freaking good. Can you be my friend now? <laughs> what I was looking up was Abby says, you're a menace, she grumbles, grabbing the rose from her hair and twirling the smooth stem in her fingers. She gasps when a ring falls from it and rolls onto the bed. As if it's a spider, she hesitantly picks it up, spinning it to get a good look. It's a white gold band shaped in a vine with tiny white jewels encrusted into it. The band forms into a rose made of bright red rubies. There aren't any diamonds in it, I murmur. She swallows and croaks. Are you proposing because you're in love with me or because I gave you anal? I highlighted that too. <laughs> I think that was one of my favorite lines in the book. That was hysterical. Actually, I was going to thank you for bringing that up because even as dark as this book was, it was still funny. Yeah, there was still humor. Still a lot of dry humor coming from Addie. Like she didn't lose her sense of humor. It almost got it got a little more twisted and dark, but it was still there. And I really appreciated it because you needed those bits of humor to get through this thing. Abby never broke. No. And that says so much for her character because with what she went through to come back from it mm. was just incredible. Yeah. And again, like it's because Zade. He was there to help her, but he didn't coddle her. Right. Even um, with the rose, remember that one time he, he gave her a rose and it had thorns. thorns. I was like, ooh, that's that's clever. Uh, this book was clever. Fuck, this was a good book. So good. It really was. Yeah. I enjoyed it so very much. Um, This was a very good choice for us to read. Yeah. And it was perfect for Spooktember. Um, yeah. Spooktober. I keep calling it Spooktember. It's Spooktober. We're recording uh, early. Yeah. So. It's September now, but it will be launched in October. Um, and Spooktober, is, it was amazing, amazing choice for Spooktober. I highly, highly recommend you guys read this. It's a great duet. Um, it is hot. Zade is every, everything we need in a hero. You and I. Zayd went, you know, right to the top of my list of book boyfriends. Yeah. I mean, he just, he hit it all. Yes. I understand why everybody's obsessed with him now. Because all I heard about was him and how amazing he was. Mm -hmm. And all, about, all, all I heard about it was the gun scene, which, mm, that was hot. What, it though? Yeah. I loved it. Yeah, it was great. Um. So yeah, I get it. I get it now. I'm I'm on board. I'm Team Zaid. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you would be. Oh yeah, it was so good. Um, but yeah, thank you for listening to our episode of Book Two of the Cat and Mouse Duet by H. D. Carlton, Hunting Adeline. We hope that you enjoyed it as much as we did. Please let us know. Yeah, comment on um either our Facebook post or message us on instagram we're at trigger warning romance on instagram tiktok and we're trigger warning romance support group on facebook or you can just email us at trigger warning romance at gmail.com 
I just figured let's do the shout oh, out. We need to do our shout outs and then I have a yeah. game for you. Oh, okay. I have more of the he's uh yes 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 okay um as we know we have launched officially launched our patreon um there are three tiers please if you can join one of the three tiers on the the very first tier is three dollars and you get access to our discord server um and you get a shout out um from either or both of us (laughs) probably both of us we also have another tier and that's the one you probably want to get on because you get bonus episodes <laughs> with that tier. Uh, it is only $5 a month and you get a bonus episode once a month and you get the Discord and the shout out. And as we Let said- Let me tell you, we have some awesome bonus episodes planned for you guys. Yes, it's going to be a lot of fun. And then if you want to join the craziness live, you can join the $10 level and you can- zoom into one of our recording sessions once a month and hear this thing live as a shit show that it is before we edit it (laughs) (laughs) and uh grab a drink and hang out with us it'll be kind of fun um to do it live in front of you guys and you'll probably be tanked by the end of it because we usually are if you drink with us then you'll be tanked by the end of it (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I do want to say that we have, while we appreciate any support that you give us and all the love that you, you may send us through Patreon, we don't expect it. No. And it is not an obligation. You will still get our podcast. You will still get the, the run-of-the-mill stuff that we put out every week. What you can do to support us is rate and review on Apple and Spotify. That helps us be put in front of other people who might be interested so please continue rating and reviewing. Oh, we got to read a review too. I was getting ready to ask if you had a review. Yes, let me pull it up. Why don't we do the shout out first? Okay. Much to Sean Kywin for being our very first patron. Yay! She's amazing. She's an author, first of all. So you guys should go read her books. Sean is incredible. She actually is the one I told you that put me in... Um, a book yes awesome i'm a maid in one of her books that is not out yet it's not out yet but i get non-conned by the beast in one of her upcoming books yay so she's amazing yay you want to do the review or the game next well let's do the review okay this review is um a five-star review thank you so much and it says witty with a side of saucy Ooh. who said yeah. Who says getting the cliff notes was boring? As a casual reader, this podcast covers a wide range of authors and storylines, enough to whet your appetite and get you going. With great banter, comedic timing, and the right level of detail, you're sure to leave yearning for more. Thank you so much for the Thank amazing, you. amazing review. You guys have no idea how much those reviews mean to us. They really do. They make me smile. And I'm like, oh my goodness, somebody's listening. There's like people out there on the other side of this whole thing and they're listening and they like it. Yeah, it really means the world to us. I still, it still blows my mind that y'all like us. Yeah, same. I just thought like three of my friends are going to listen to this thing and we get, we get so many people listening and it's amazing. And now we get people joining the Patreon before it even launches. It's bananas. 
you all make us so happy and you just make my, you make my heart happy. Thank you. Yes. Yes. So yes. Thank you. Honestly, I, I know we, we say it all the time, but we really appreciate the trigger tribe and we really do feel like you guys are family. So hopefully one of these days we can do a live meetup. That would be lovely. I'm yeah. looking forward to the live meetup for you and I, because yeah, we've we never actually met face to face. Which is honestly crazy because I feel like I know you better than I know some of my like friends that I know in person. I know, right? Yeah. Well, we get into a level of detail with each other. <laughs> yes. Most people probably don't get. I mean, they're up until tonight, a lot of people didn't know that I've had bark burn on my breasts. No, we did <laughs> not know that. But we know you now a little bit better, and we appreciate you even more. Well, I have a couple for you. He's a five, but he brings you breakfast in bed. Oh, he's a 10. Especially, he has to be ha ha breakfast with coffee. The coffee has to be there. Well, naturally. Yes. Because he breakfast without coffee. Uh, well, you, apparently, you don't like coffee. Yeah, yeah. But I wouldn't take points away from him for bringing it. He's an 11. Mm -hmm. But he takes it upon himself to count and chart every calorie you eat and lose. He's a, a one. That's higher than I'd give him. Yeah. I, I mean, negative two. Like, yeah, he's nothing. He's a seven. But he growls when he sees your cute next door neighbor checking you out. Ooh. <laughs> he's a 12. Did you guys note that sound in her voice? <laughs> Just saying, if you didn't listen to that moment again, <laughs> he's an eight, but he's your mom's ex-lover. Oh. Oh, oh no. Mm, he's a six. <laughs> and my last one for the night. He's a four, but he always buckles your seatbelt for you. Aw, he's a 10. That's adorable. Isn't that adorable? Yeah. I'm lucky if Mr. Klein lets me get the seatbelt buckled before he takes off. I mean, the idea of him buckling my, my seatbelt is just it's non just that extra. Yeah, it's just that extra caring notion, you know? Mr. Savage is a, amazing, and I love him, and he's a great husband, but I've said this. He's a horrible book boyfriend. Yes. We once went to the mall for the new PlayStation that had come out. Okay. And he bought this PlayStation and I get it. It's like his new baby, right? Mm -hmm. This was before we had actual babies. So this was his baby. Mr. Savage buckled the PlayStation into the seatbelt <laughs> and left me standing outside the car. So... The PlayStation got more action that night than Mr. Savage. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it was just funny. I just, I wasn't mad or anything. It's just that moment. I will never forget that moment. I was like, yeah. did you just buckle that thing in? Really? You buckled that thing in? Um, <laughs> but the cute moment that Mr. Savage does need is uh, Mr. Savage has a, a, a Jeep and I'm a, I'm a short human being. So a lot of times, especially when I was pregnant, Mr. Savage had to literally yeet me into the car. Like he had to like hoist me in and out. So while he did not buckle me in, he did have to boost me Good. like a small child. <laughs> well, thank you guys for listening. We will be back next week 
with palate a cleansers. palate cleanser. Palate cleansers. Palate cleansers are a good thing. Go for it. <laughs> My palate cleanser is The Director by Renee Rose. I don't know if anyone's read it. It is a Russian mafia book. And it is one of those where she sleeps with him and she doesn't know that he's a Russian mafia guy. Ooh. And she gets pregnant and doesn't tell him. And then he finds out. Oh. And the interesting part about this book is that it doesn't take place after she has the baby. It takes place while she's pregnant. Oh, that sounds fun. Yeah. And it's got BDSM in it because they met at a BDSM club. <laughs> oh. And it's just interesting because... I've never, I don't think I've read a book where the main part of the romance happens while the heroine is pregnant. No, that's unusual. Yeah. So that's a, it's a fun read. I, I have not finished it yet, but I am enjoying it. So I just figured I would shout it out. Do you have any palate cleansers for us? I do. I have been reading in between bouts of Hunting Adeline, Shifters Anonymous by M.J. Marston. And our main character is a sex addict and she's in college and she decides she's in Oxford. She's in grad school. The folks in charge kind of look down on her. She's American. She's mm -hmm. on scholarship. And then she has a sex problem. She slept with everybody in her class. She slept with all of her professors, male, female, whatever. It all goes. And she decides to get help. And she finds a support group essay. Ah. Sexaholics Anonymous. Gotcha. So she goes and she meets some really hot people. There are four hot guys, two amazingly hot women, and she thinks she's hit the jackpot. What she doesn't yeah. realize is that S actually stands for shifter. <gasps> he has joined a shifter anonymous support group. <laughs> now we're not talking wolf shifters. We're not talking dragon shifters. We're talking one turns into a beetle. One is a oh. horny toad. Oh. There are two different kinds of birds. And one is a fish. And they use all of these British terms that she doesn't understand. Hmm. So she thinks that when they say a slippery, slippery fish or something like that, slippery dick, <laughs> that they're talking about his cock. And so she asks him one day over text, send me a picture of your dick. And he's like, huh, nobody ever wants to see that. So he sends a picture of him swimming in the bathtub. And she doesn't get it. I don't get it either. He's like, that's weird. Well, apparently, slippery dick is a type of fish. Oh. I didn't well, know that. He, he thought she was looking for a picture of his fish. Of him shifted. Oh. <laughs> and these are, all of these are low-level shifters who feel really bad about themselves because they turn into such random non-powerful it's not an apex predator they are not apex predators yeah and it is so funny i will say that the british idio idioisms no what's the word i'm looking for using all of the british sayings and their their slang makes it a little hard to read yeah and that's coming from someone who has spent a long time in britain okay so I found that challenging. 
I've only read the first book. I haven't gotten into the second one in the series yet, but it's been a lot of fun. That sounds fun. That sounds like a perfect book to read after Hunting Adeline. Yes. Well, I have the perfect book for you for after Hunting Adeline. Oh, yeah? Yeah. We're going to read it next week. It is Dark Prince. Yeah, it's Christine Fian. By Christine Fian. It is the first book in her Carpathian series. Oh, yes. This is a throwback to when I was young and naive. Yes. Oh, I can't wait. This was one of the first series, if if not the first series of like true romance novels that I ever read as a youngin. Mine too. It is dark. Not not hunting Adeline dark, but it is dark. And I can't wait to dive back in and like just the nostalgia of it. I'm so excited. And there's the director's cut edition on Kindle now, which has an additional hundred pages that we haven't seen before. Yeah, uh, we're reading that one. I'm so excited about it. I am so stoked. Yes. So yes, please join us next week for Dark Prince by Christine Feehan for our Spooktober continuation. And we hope that you had a great time with us chatting about hunting Adeline and all the other nonsense that we talked about. And um, have a great time reading, and we'll see you guys next week. Bye, everybody. Take care. Bye.